Welcome to the Reset Podcast. This is 30 minutes a week where you get to focus on your personal evolution through a casual, spiritual conversation. I'm your host, Liz Tran. I am an executive coach and a meditation teacher. And together, we will work through how to live as your highest and best self with one foot firmly planted in the real world. Hello, everyone. It is Friday, August 21st. And you'll probably be listening to this on Sunday, August 23rd, which is a new thing. The podcast has been previously released on Wednesdays because that is what made sense for Vanessa and Tessa and my schedule. But now that it's just me and it's easier to manage, then I thought Sundays would be a really nice day. Sundays are such an important part of my life for spiritual reflection. Dev and I have a family meeting every Sunday, and we use that time to think about whether or not we're upholding and living the values that we decided are important to us as a couple and as a family. We also use the time to bring up anything that you know might be bothering us or upsetting that we didn't have a chance during the week to address because we were so busy. And then lastly, we use the time to realign with what's important in life. It can be really easy to get swept up into all the errands and to-do lists and things like that. And we use that time just to remind ourselves that we have this one precious life and every moment is fleeting and we need to make the most of it. A hard thing to remember. So with that, I think it's the perfect episode to welcome in this podcast scheduling change because we're talking about change this episode. It's all about change and how through embracing change, you can find endless happiness. Obviously, this is way, way, way easier said than done. This year, 2020 has tested all of us in terms of our own capacity to welcome and embrace change. And it's because a lot of the change that has come in has not been asked for. I think about my own life with Reset For those of you guys who have been to the studio in New York, you know that it was this beautiful, beautiful space with crystals everywhere, an 800-pound crystal from Madagascar that was anchoring that main studio space. It had beautiful furniture from my brother-in-law's beautiful interior business, Green River Project. It had a mural that was created by the community where everyone who would come in would put a seashell on the wall and create this beautiful dynamic piece of art together and there are so many wonderful memories from that space. I hosted so many great groups for really moving workshops. I had so many of my favorite teachers come and teach there. That space really put Reset on the map. It was through space visits that we got written about in the New York Times twice, the New Yorker, Marie Claire Magazine, Bloomberg. I met so many amazing people who would become my friends through that space, including Tessa, who has been a podcast host and who is now one of my nearest and dearest friends. And she does all the reset design. I met her because she was a client at reset. She came in for the lion's portal ceremony that we were doing almost exactly a year ago. It just represented so much to me. And from a resource perspective, I invested about $150,000 of my own money into that space which you guys is a lot of money. It's definitely, definitely a lot of money. And I even took out a small business loan to pay for the costs of construction and for investing in everything from air conditioners to 
yoga mats to soft breathwork mats to artwork to books to candles to making the whole space feel like home like a welcoming environment for people to be able to think about their highest life purpose and to think about how they wanted to change and so in march i really got a sense that covid was going to be a really big deal in early march This was before there was still even a single case of COVID in New York, but I had a talk with one of my clients who I coach. He's so amazing because he has this real ability to see the future so clearly. He said to me, I think it was maybe end of February, early March, and he said, this thing, COVID, is not just going to be a couple months thing. It is going to change the very behavior of our entire civilization for all of the future. Once people start living one way for enough time, then they can never go back to how things were before. And what he said really resonated with me. And I started thinking, I don't know if there is a place for reset as a physical space to exist in the real world. So I held that in the back of my mind. And as it became more and more clear that we were dealing with a serious pandemic in New York, I made the very early decision on March 15th to close down the studio completely. I talked to my landlord. I explained the situation. I lost my deposit on the space, which was close to $20,000. But I thought, you know, the cost of operating the space is almost $15,000 a month. And I do not know when I will be able to use the space to make money again. Our product and our offering was around people gathering in the physical space both corporate workshops that I facilitated as an executive coach, as well as open level classes for anyone who wanted to come to deepen their self-understanding. I actually didn't really tell a lot of people at the time because I knew that people would think that I was totally insane and overreacting. And I did it very quickly. I went to the space with my husband. He packed everything up mostly for me, got everything organized because I was just so sad I couldn't really do much more than just sit on the floor and cry and look at my books and cry and take pictures and think about all the memories that I had there and think about how much I had invested into it from a monetary and a love and heart perspective. And then we left and we went to Canada and we stayed there for four months. And two days after our flight, our dear, dear friend, Doug, actually was the one who worked with the movers to get everything out of the space and put it into storage, including that 800-pound crystal, which is no joke. It's really hard to move an 800-pound crystal. He really showed me so much kindness and just so much love during this time when I was feeling really blue and really down because that space had been my dream. You know, I put my entire life savings into opening this space. And just like that, due to forces that were not within my control, I lost my baby. You know, I lost this dream that I had for so long. When I look back on my whole experience with this physical space, this dream that I had had for so long, I am proud of myself for creating that space. And I'm proud of myself for being brave. But what I'm so much more proud of is that moment when I decided to let it go. When I think about the person who I want to be, and the person who I'm growing into, then of course I am proud of the fact that I'm someone who chases her dreams. But I am even more proud of the fact that I am someone who can accept change, let it go, and let it take me to a place that I didn't know I needed to arrive. 
I have no regrets. Initially, I had thought, oh man, I really wish I had known I would just be closing the space a year later. I never would have invested all this money and time into building it. But what I realized is that I can't think that way. It did exactly what it needed to do in my life. It brought incredible people into my life, an entire new network, new friends. It helped me explore who I am. It helped me find my voice as a creator from the way that it's decorated to the programming, to the way we talk about it, to the marketing. That space was the embodiment of me finding myself after 10 years of living in tech. And I would never change that for anything in the world. I look at it as basically my MBA (laughs) into how to be a business owner, into doing hard things. And I, I look at the year that I had the space as the hardest year of my life, but I also grew the most. And so no regrets there. And then what happened was that I was in Canada and now that I wasn't running a physical location with new clients, new customers coming in every single day, new programming every day, sometimes multiple workshops a day, I suddenly had all this free time and I decided to make a lot of free content for people. So I created a course called Mindfulness for Uncertain Times and I released that for free. It's a seven-day meditation course that you can still take now. I taught a class called Pandemic Astrology I thought about what can I deliver to the world right now and to the reset audience that will help them during a time period when everything is unstable and uncertain. And then the second piece is that I started writing my book, which I had never had time for before because I was running around so much. And that is such a beautiful gift because in that experience of dedicating whole weeks to 90% writing, 10% running reset and coaching, but really most of my energy and most of my passion going toward writing and telling my story, I realized that I love it. And it's always been a wish of mine to be a writer. It's always been a pipe dream. It's always been something that I didn't know if I had the talent to do it. And what I realized is that I love it. Maybe I'm not the best writer that I can be right now, but the potential is there. That initial seed, that initial sapling of being able to tell the story that I want to tell is there. And I feel really proud of that. And all this is to say that when we welcome and embrace change into our lives, we free up space for so much potential to flow into our lives that we didn't even know was possible. If I hadn't made that decision in mid-March to shut the space down, I would be spending almost $15,000 a month on a completely empty space. What's even worse, you know, money is just money, who cares? All my attention and all my anxiety and all my stress and all my worry would go into, oh my gosh, when will things return back to normal? When can I get people in the space again? When can we get back to regularly scheduled programming? And that would have just sapped me of all of my creative energy because I would be so tenuously holding on to something that could never stay. It has never been meant for life to return back to what it was pre-COVID. That is not the point of 2020. The point of 2020 has always been change, 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 change. It is forcing us to change all the things that are no longer working for us. And honestly, if I am really truthful with what was happening is that the space was never really for me. And COVID just revealed that. Really, truly, I was so busy running Reset, being the only full-time employee, running all the workshops that we did from a corporate standpoint, dealing with all the space issues like the water heater's broken. Oh, we broke a glass here. This window seems loose. I had no time for anything in my life. 
I had no time to eat healthy. I had no time to sleep more than six hours a night. I had no time to see my friends. I had no time to care for my own well-being. I didn't even have time to put lotion on in the morning, or I felt like I didn't. And it wasn't for my highest good. And I couldn't see that because I had already made the commitment. And what COVID did and the way I choose to see COVID is that it freed me. It freed me to find a life that was more in tune with what I meant to be doing in the world. I could have easily seen it the other way where I could have said, oh, COVID robbed me of this dream that I invested my entire life savings into. But instead, what COVID did is it was a gift that allowed me to see possibilities for my life that I couldn't even entertain before. It forced a vacuum into my life so that new things could come in. And when I choose to see it that way, I feel so strong. I feel so resilient. I feel so proud of myself and the choice that I made. That's that. And All of this reminds me of this beautiful Zen story that is told often. And if you've ever been to a Zen Buddhism class or read a book about Zen Buddhism, you probably have heard it, but it's worth repeating here. Once a long, long time ago, there was a wise Zen master and people from far and near would seek his counsel and ask for his wisdom. And many would come to him and say, oh, dear master, please teach me. Please teach me enlightenment and please teach me the way of Zen. And he seldom turned anyone away. One day, a very, very important man, a professor, a man who was used to command and obedience came to visit the master. And he said, I have come today to ask you to teach me about Zen. Please open my mind to enlightenment. And the tone was that of an important man who was used to getting his own way. The Zen master looked at him, sized him up, and then he smiled and he said they should discuss the matter over a cup of tea. When the tea was served, the master poured that important man, the visitor, his cup. So he poured and poured the tea, and the tea rose to the rim of the cup until it began to overflow, and all the tea was spilling over onto the table. The Zen master kept pouring the tea, even though it was overflowing, and then the tea went all over the robes of that wealthy, important man. And then finally, that visitor, that important man, shouted, Enough! You're spilling the tea all over me! Can't you see that the cup is full? The master then stopped pouring, and he smiled at his guest. You are like this teacup, so full that nothing more can be added. Come back to me when the cup is empty. Come back to me with an empty mind. And I love the story because it represents all of our lives. We can't find enlightenment. We can't find our purpose. We can't find a true way of living unless we have space to do that unless we have an empty mind. And that is the gift of what Reset's Closure gave to me. Did I lose a massive amount of money from this project without the fruits of my labor to show for it? In a way, yes. But did I also gain so much, including the space to direct my life in a new direction? Also, yes. And I love what I'm working on right now. I have been working from home. I've been back in New York for a month. I've been cooking all three of my meals and all my snacks at home. And I have launched this amazing program for founders that has been going really, really well in terms of a business development standpoint. I literally just launched it three weeks ago, but I've already had all the seats that I wanted filled up. And I'm so excited about that. And I am writing and I'm learning how to write and I'm allowing myself the space to take online classes and think about what it might mean to go back to school and get my MFA while I'm also running Reset and coaching. 
And the range of possibilities is so full for me. And then also we now have a house in Canada, a beautiful five bedroom house that we're turning into a beautiful artist residency for ourselves and for our friends. And we'll always still live in New York, but we'll have Canada's too. And you know, my life just feels so much more aligned to how I want it to be. It's a life that includes nature. It's a life that includes creativity. It's a life that includes rest. And it's a life that includes helping and supporting people who I really believe in accomplished their most audacious dreams. Every day feels good. It feels easy. And it's because I've embraced change. So what I want to ask of you right now is how you have been doing the same. And just like that Zen parable, what do you need to empty out of your life in order to make room for newness to come in? And that's really what this time is asking us to do. It's squeezing us. It's constraining us. It's constricting us. It's making us feel the pain so we know what we need to let go. And what it is that you need to let go is something that you know deep down, you know it in your heart that you have to let go, but for whatever reason, you're too scared to. You're scared of what other people will think. You're scared of what you'll do when you have all this free time. You're scared of what it'll mean for your identity. And that's what you need to let go of right now. Okay, so I have another story here that really speaks to this. It is another story from Buddhism. As you guys know, I most closely align myself as being Buddhist, even though I was raised kind of Catholic, and I have a lot of respect for all faiths. I still go to church sometimes. I've been to synagogue. You know, I like all of it, but really Buddhism feels most close to my identity, so I'm sharing these stories here. You don't have to be a Buddhist, of course, but I just think they're really lovely, lovely little parables and so relevant for the Western world. Okay, so this is about Suzuki Roshi, who is a very, very famous Zen Buddhist teacher. And he had a student who said to him, Suzuki Roshi, I've been listening to your lectures for years, and I really love them, and they're very inspiring. And I know what you're talking about is actually very clear and simple, but I must admit, I just don't understand it. I love it, but I feel like I could listen to you for a thousand years and still not get it. Could you just please put it in a nutshell? Can you reduce Buddhism to one phrase? And everyone laughed because it's such a ludicrous question. That's like saying, can you distill the history of the proletariat in one sentence? But he did answer. And what Suzuki Roshi said is everything changes. And then he asked for another question. Everything changes. That is Buddhism in a nutshell. And it's also life in a nutshell. The idea, the concept of impermanence is one that is foundational to Buddhism. And what impermanence means is that nothing lasts forever. And of course, that's something that we all know that nothing lasts forever, but it's hard for us to act that way and to see that world that way. And that is the root of where all suffering in the world comes from. The desire for nothing to change. The desire to keep things as they are. The non-acceptance of impermanence. For instance, the reason why we are so devastated when we have a breakup or we lose our job is because we want things to remain the same. The reason why we are so scared when it comes to moving to a new city or thinking about switching careers is because we just want things to feel the same. When we are happy, we want to be happy forever. When we don't have any pain or sadness in our lives, we want that to stay the same. And when you do that, then you are denying 
the world its inherent structure of dynamism. The world is meant to change around us. Life is 10,000 joys and 10,000 sorrows, which is also another phrase that I love from Zen. And it's so true. You can't have the ups without the downs. You can't fill your teacup unless you have space to do that. And you can't really appreciate happiness until you have known great sadness. And you also cannot live life until you are fully embracing the fact that it will never stay the same. Nothing ever will. Even if you get married, even if you have a best friend for life, even if you start your own company and you're fully in control, you're actually not. And what I have seen with all of my clients that I've been working with is that the people who want to cling most tightly to the idea that the world can one day return to normal, those are the ones who are suffering the most. It's the ones who are letting the world change them and the ones who are adapting to the new normal. Those are the ones who are finding happiness. We can't stay still right now. We have to find a way to be who we inherently are and to use all of our gifts and to live life in a way that matches this new world. The new world is the real world. And we need to let go of all of our cemented identities of who we are and what we need and what makes us happy. Living in Canada, renting random Airbnbs that I did not like or feel comfortable in, and then eventually getting our own house in Canada while splitting time between New York and Canada, I wouldn't have ever wanted that. I would have said, no, I like my life right now. This seems pretty great. But the thing is, I only thought that because it was what I had. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, is the way that that saying goes. What it means is that we overvalue what we already have. This is evidenced by a study by Daniel Kahneman, Jack Netsch, and Richard Thaler. Participants were either given a mug and told that they owned it and then asked to sell the mug to other participants, or they were on the flip side where they were bartering or negotiating to acquire a mug. So either you had a mug and you're selling it, or you are asked to acquire a mug from someone who owns it. And for the people who already own the mug, on average, the price that they agreed to sell their mug for was $7.12. But for those who didn't own a mug and were buying one, the average price that they offered for that mug was $2.87. So this is what's called loss aversion. This is a psychological bias that we all have where we overvalue the items that we already own. If I hadn't owned a mug already, the most I'd be willing to pay for that mug in the study was less than $3. But when I already owned a mug, the average that I would sell it for was $7. So what is it? Is the mug worth $7 or is it worth $3? Well, apparently to the people who owned the mugs, they thought it was worth seven. And to the people who didn't own the mugs already, they thought it was only worth three. So think about where loss aversion is playing into your life. Are there parts of your life that you are only valuing because you already own them, that they're already a part of you? What can you let go? What do you own now, physical as well as metaphorical sense, that if you didn't own it and you were given the choice to buy it on the street, would you actually buy it? Would you actually choose it for yourself? And that's the exercise that we all need to go through, is to imagine that we don't have X, Y, and Z in our life already, but we're given the choice to choose it and to purchase it. Will we actually do it? And that's what I realized with Reset is that, yeah, is that what I wanted at the time? Definitely. I wanted that. It was my dream. But after a year of running Reset, if I were given the chance to do it all over again, would I choose it again? No. And that is what life is. Life is about choosing 
over and over and over again the things that we want. And we have this opportunity with every new day to decide if we want to keep things in our life or not. So where does this leave us? What I want to ask you guys to all do is make a list of the responsibilities in your life that are quote unquote givens. For me, that includes doing this podcast, coaching specific clients in the way that we've set up those contracts, running these coaching groups, commitment to my eating habits and my fitness, the pressure I put on myself to read one self-help book every week, the bi-weekly phone call I have with three of my friends from college. So write down every single responsibility, every given, everything that takes up time in your life, and then go through whether or not you would choose it if you were choosing it again. If you didn't already own it, would you choose it? And this is the best way to embrace life. It's the best way to let yourself be changed by the world. COVID has been this terrible pandemic that has taken almost a million people's lives all around the world. It's so awful. It's terrible. So what I'm saying here does not negate any of that. It does not minimize any of the pain that has been experienced. But what I'm telling you right now is that with every shadow, there's also light. And you have the opportunity to use this year, 2020, as a portal in which you can change. It's what is being required of us. And honestly, if we don't let ourselves be changed by the world, then we will experience nothing but hardship. That's it for today, you guys. If you have been enjoying this new format of the podcast, then please leave a review on iTunes. And also, if you have questions about any of the stuff that I'm talking about here and how it applies specifically to your life, you can send it to info at resetnyc.com and I will answer questions during the next podcast. I'm so glad that you're along on this journey with me and I am so excited for you guys to all embrace change and to find happiness.